How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the 30-Minute Misconduct Podcast. Um, I apologize. I, I actually did have some thoughts, Billy Leroy, um, about doing a solo episode Sunday, but it turns out that for like the second or third time this year, I have the plague. So I've been a mess, a coughing, congested, gross, mucus-filled mess the last couple days. So um, if you guys hear any stray, stray coughs tonight or sniffling or whatever noise may come out of my body at this point, um, I apologize in advance, but that also means that, that this episode lines up well because I don't feel like talking much with my hoarse voice um, and my coughing fits, uh, and we happen to have a guy that, that just enjoyed a New York road trip with your Dallas Stars and Billy over there. So we're going to spend this episode, this pre-Thanksgiving episode, actually, uh, as we all prepare for, for one of the best holidays of the year, in my opinion, um, and we've already kind of gone over, I think, my my opinion of it getting overlooked. So I definitely want to celebrate Turkey Day uh, and let you guys do the same. But for this pre-Thanksgiving episode, we're going to spend a little time talking to uh, talking to Billy about that New York trip, leveraging my interview skills as a professional journalist, uh, asking you some questions about how your experience was and, and all the all the fun and exciting things that happened. And I guess the first one is, man, you that's that first uh, that first stars win, that six two win, that is not a typical Billy Leroy uh, road trip experience at all. You're talking to a guy that just got back off the plane with two points in his pocket. Can you believe it? I can't. You had we two points it. total coming in? No, you two, six, and two or something, right? So I guess you had four points before this. My record coming into this was two, six, and two, and now I'm three, yeah. seven, and two. But yeah. totally unexpected on Sunday. I always There's always a chance that I'm going to get a win. You know, when you go to that many road games, you're bound to find a win once in a while. But I never could have even began to think about a blowout win. That was just insane. Yeah, I was watching the whole time and every goal. I That was the only thought that went through my head. I was like, holy crap, Billy is just having the time of his life right now. He's just going crazy. This is goal number four, five, six. Like it was just and like all legit too. like. They scored six, all legit, and it was man, it was it was fun to watch from the couch. I was looking for you on TV the whole time. You had six opportunities, six goal celebrations to get on camera, and you didn't manage it somehow. But and I, I gave it my best effort time. too. Graham and I gave it our best effort. We were up and hooting and hollering after every goal. I will give some credit to. I have to thank Grice for his effort on Sunday because he was a huge factor in getting us that win. You said they were all good goals, but a couple of them were pretty. Pretty weak, like the SLN. I just meant like there weren't any like empty netters or like yeah. I mean, I mean like they were all scored, um, like <laughs> in the actual way that you usually score a goal, not just throwing something in an empty net, which and is a start- bonus because it's always it fun started- to get the empty netter too. But it started off as one of those typical Billy road trips. The Islanders scored within the first couple minutes, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go. We're Graham and I were starting to plan our immediate exit. Uh, that's one of our traditions immediate exiting after Graham does that at home yeah he does it at home but I kind of like it on the road because you got to get out of there after one of those some of these games that we've been to on the road end up being the best home game of the season for these fans and if we were to stay after we would get eaten alive so we try to quickly find the exit and it felt like it was going to be one of those in those first couple minutes but then Holy cow, that second period, out of nowhere, the offense just exploded. 
And unfortunately, it wasn't right there in front of us. But, man, that was awesome to watch. It just kept going and going and going. And then the third period, a little dicey there in the beginning when they had that, that garbage goal in the first 30 seconds or whatever that was. Bad goal by Bishop. And then right after that, so that made it four to two. And then right after that, they had the Islanders had a power play where they had at least, I think it was two shots that went off the post. And we're sitting there, every one of those shots, we're like looking up at the sky thinking, oh my God, they're going to blow this lead. But then <coughs> our hero, number 47. Pardon me as I die over here if you heard that. Every episode, we have to listen to your ailments and how sick you are. You're just a flu <laughs> I bug. I do feel like I've been, like, the season we start a podcast is the one where I, I mean, usually once a year, I'm very susceptible to, like, bronchitis and stuff like that. So pretty much when the weather changes, pretty much without fail every year, I get it at least once. And I, I've already gotten over with this year. I thought I thought I was going to die, like, a month or a month and a half ago. On another episode, I think, and, and now here it is back again. It's, it seems a little better this time, knock on wood, but we'll see. But You're just a walking you mentioned the, the You mentioned the, the fan experience. How does it, as somebody that's traveled and, and seen the Stars play in several different venues, how are the, how are the New Yorkers? Because I, I can imagine that there's kind of a bad rep there, I think, but at the same time, not quite someplace like Philly. Um, you know, and there's, there's other more hostile environments, I think, in the league, but... You know, how was you went to all three? I mean, obviously, you went to the, the Devils game. You didn't have to uh, experience being an away fan. You were just kind of soaking up the atmosphere right when you got there. But the other two, you were the away fan, and you've been the away fan in New York before. So, how was the uh, how was the, the visiting fan experience this time? It's really surprising because you would think that going to New York would be a very hostile environment with fans pouring stuff on you and throwing stuff at you. But the only place I've ever dealt with that is Philadelphia. Philadelphia was the worst one I've ever been to. That It met all of the stereotypes that people typically think of when it comes to Philadelphia sports fans. As far as getting verbally assaulted, threatened. I went into the bathroom during one of the intermissions and I hear them scream, Dallas fan in stall number two. Because I went into the stall thinking, like the previous time I'd gone to the bathroom, they were like threatening to kick me when I was at the urinal. I was like, well, you know, this time I'll go into the uh, into the stall, thinking that I'm a little bit safer. And then they yelled, Dallas fan in stall number two. And then before I knew it, stuff was being thrown in at me. But that doesn't happen in New York for some reason. I had been on this trip, the three-game trip, the New Jersey Islanders and then Rangers trip for the Stars two years ago. And maybe over the course of those three games, like two people said something to us. And so this yeah. time, going into this trip, I was wondering if it would be the same. And it was. Nobody bothered us. And it makes sense because you, these fans have no reason to hate Dallas Stars fans. We're not talking about yeah. Islanders versus Rangers fans. Who on earth in New York City has any grudge to hold against Stars fans? So they see us walking well, by and, and they're just like, who cares? My pet theory, too, about places like that, even Boston at times, is there's also a lot of out-of-towners, especially like Madison Square Garden to watch the Rangers. Like, people go to New York for vacation, and that's like something that you can do on vacation. And I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's like the Vegas experience, probably, but at the same time, it, it definitely doesn't feel like, I mean, even Chicago, I'm sure, is is rough, and, and places like that. And obviously, you said Philly, and 
And that can happen anywhere, but yeah, it feels like New York fans, with the exception of like Yankees fans hating the Red Sox and and stuff like that, they're generally generally pretty good, I would think. The only thing that stands out to me was on Sunday in Brooklyn, before the game, we walked by this dad and his son, like just typical New York dad and son with the accent and everything, and he was like, hey, look, Dallas Stars fans, they exist, and Graham was like what are you talking about the islanders like last week had one of their lowest record attendances of all time and barclays center only holds thirteen thousand people i don't think islanders fans have any room to be talking about fan attendance so that was kind of funny and ironic but that's the only one that really stands out you get the people that when you're walking by in the concourse like at the rangers game last night some people would be like let's go rangers that doesn't bother you at all and then when we stood up for the Sagan goal last night, the only goal we got to stand for at MSG, I heard some people behind us saying, like, sit down, which, no big deal. But the best goal, of course, out of all of those, out of the seven goals that we saw between the two games, has to be the Alexander Radulov goal. In the third period of Barclays Center, right there in front of us, down below, below our nice little front row seats in the makeshift shoot twice in at Barclays Center. And going into this, we had this dream in our heads. We talked, my friend Graham and I talked about this. We said, Radulov is going to score and then he's going to skate to our corner and he's going to see us there in that front row above the railing and point up at us. Because he's done that before. He likes to point at fans in the crowd. He's so fired up. So we're like, he's going to score. He's going to skate around. He's going to see us and he's going to go crazy. We're going to be interacting with him and it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And then here it is in slow motion happening right before us. Radulov gets the puck, comes in, beautiful goal, skates around. We're like, we're reaching over the railing, pointing down at him and hoping he's going to give us something back. But although he didn't interact with us, it was still a really cool celebration of how he did his little, his iconic stick twirl. And then he almost, he fell, almost over. fell down, right? <laughs> he almost fell over trying to That's celebrate a great, too hard. You know, it's, it's, it's an authentic and fantastic Rad's Selly when he almost winds up on his ass. That's like that's like the hallmark of a, a true Radulov celebration. And apparently he was eating a banana on the bench, I was told. He does that a the, lot. Was it I've last night like, or Sunday? I've seen him do it a lot this year. Man needs his uh, potassium, I guess, mid-game. I don't know. It's working, clearly, so he should continue eating bananas. He needs to get a... Keeps you from cramping a, up, uh, I think. What's, the, uh, what's that iconic banana brand? Dole? Dole. He needs to get a Dole sponsorship. Right. He keeps posting all that'll these be pictures. The, that'll be Monster. the first sponsor on the uh, on the stars uniforms. Dole. Yeah, that'd be something. It'd be like I said. He he posts all these pictures with Monster Energy Drink. He must be a sponsor for them. But maybe he needs to go after some of these banana companies. But that was a great goal because we were sitting there thinking, well, here it is, the greatest Islanders comeback in history. They're going to come back from down four to one. And we're going to see another loss. And then he scores that goal. And we're like, all right, can we can we kind of relax now? Like, do we are we getting this win? Is it in the bag? And you can man, never that, relax. You can never relax. You texted me when it was four to one saying something about how good it was going. I was like, yeah, I think I said what it was can go wrong when? Yeah, what can go wrong at that point? Look at the L.A. game. The L.A. game. We went to. The LA game in January of 2017, and it was three to one stars after two. And then it was like 
that first six minutes or something crazy where the LA basically came back and then the Stars scored a couple goals and then the Stars ended up winning six to four. But even a three to one lead wasn't safe. So this time I was like, four to one might be safe, but you never know with these. When I go on these trips, you never know what's going to happen. Speaking of uh, of of pretty goals, is that is that the best goal you've seen on a road trip? Do you have like a catalog in your mind of of goals you've seen on the road? A lot of it comes down to not just how pretty the goal was, but how significant the moment was and how insane I reacted to it. How insanely yeah. we celebrated. And the we, Graham and I were talking about this after that game. And the only goal the only other goal that I can think of, actually, there's two goals. No, I'm sorry. There are three. There are three top. There are top three goals that I can think of from my previous road trips. One would be on the New York trip that we went to two years ago. It was the uh, the Devils game where the Stars were down 2-0, and they came back in the third period to tie it up. And Sevier shot it from the blue line, a little wrist shot, and we watched it travel all the way from the blue line into the very top part of the net. It was one of those nice shots that's like almost like it's in slow motion. And you see it going through and it hits the net, the net billows. It's kind of hard nowadays to see the net billow because the puck trampolines so much. I think of that one. I think of the Patrick Sharp empty netter in LA to get that six goal to make it six to four for my first regulation victory. And then I also think of my first win which was that win in Colorado, the 4-3 overtime win where John Klingberg ripped a slap shot home. But the one on Sunday from Radulov was probably the best one out of all of those because it's one of those ones where even if you're at home, even if it's a home game, as soon as he gets that puck, we're standing. We jumped out of our seats, and it was as if the play itself lasted like a minute. Complete slow motion in front of us as he skates in, and then that backhand was just incredible. I would say that, I that think was that's probably... when I texted you. I'm pretty sure it was after that goal. What? I said, I think that's when I texted you that I felt pretty good about that game. I think it was after that goal because that was just such a dagger. And you could see, like, they were all just like, ugh. Like, it was, that was it. There was no, there was no recovering from that one. I think you said bang. Shout out to my buddy Nick, Glassbanger. Yeah. He was in the uh, the Hey Heika this week. Did you see that? I did because they were. I think they were asking where he's been because he was out those first couple of games. Yeah. So you went to you went to two other games while you were there too. Not as exciting as the uh, as the the six two victory. Um, but you know what were your experiences like? I guess in in New Jersey as a casual observer, and then in. Uh, in Madison Square Garden for the snooze fest that was the 2-1 stars loss <laughs> to end the road trip. Man, that was frustrating. Last night was really frustrating, but the whole time we're sitting there, we're just thinking, well, we got more than we could have ever expected yesterday, so who cares? Um, but the Devils game, I, I had to really fight to get into that Devils game because I had the whole suitcase issue, trying to figure out how we were going to be able to bring our suitcase in because we flew into Newark at 11 and then the game was at one so we didn't have time to get to manhattan to drop our bags off so we had to bring our suitcases and bags and drawstring bags into prudential center and had to deal with that going through security and then our seats were in the very last row of the upper deck and we got up there and i <laughs> we were like two sections away from 
I guess what you would call the devil's fanatics. Were you wearing star stuff? I had a stars long sleeve on, but as soon as I got to the upper deck and I saw the kind of the characters that were around us, I quickly zipped up my jacket to where you couldn't even see that I was wearing a stars shirt. And on top of that, they were giving out camo devil's hats for it was a military appreciation day. And I wore the devil's camo hat the entire game because I wanted to assimilate myself into the devil's culture. I didn't, I didn't, it's, it kind of stresses me out going into these buildings because I don't want to get verbally assaulted. I'm not a fan of people yelling at me, you know, as most people probably are. And so I wanted to just fly under the radar in Newark and I wore the devil's hat. And like I said, we were probably two sections away from all the guys that start the chants and the, Hey, you suck. And, all those kinds of things. But man, you're looking around the people in the upper deck in New Jersey, and I'm thinking if we were there for a Stars game sitting in the upper deck, we would have not heard the end of yeah. it. There was, a, uh, there was a Red Wings fan sitting like five rows in front of us, and he was standing up for goals, and everybody was just letting him have it. I felt bad for the guy. I guess that's kind of that where was a my good theory game. comes from. Because like New Jersey and, and even the Islanders are a little bit removed from kind of all the tourism and craziness. I mean, you can argue whether or not Brooklyn, a lot of people, you know, go there too, but, but MSG and the Rangers and, and Midtown, and that's a whole different scenario. So I've always kind of envisioned, I've never seen a hockey game there. I've seen a Rangers game, but I've always kind of envisioned that those fans are pretty tame just because it's just such a different environment. Yeah, they were fine. And the good thing for Red Wings fans is that they wear red. So it wasn't hard for them to not, it was easy for them to not stand out. But that game, the Devils lost three to two in overtime. I was hoping they would win just because I want to hear the goal horn as many times as possible. And then we took the train back to Manhattan for our, our weekend in New York City, Madison Square Garden. You can never beat that experience. We take the subway there. You walk up the steps of the subway, and look, there it is, standing right there in front of you, the world's most famous arena. And then just off to the left is the Empire State Building. It's the greatest view you're ever going to find when you arrive at an arena. And then it's such a cool layout because the arena, like the ice surface is like six floors off the ground. So you have to go inside and then take multiple escalators just to get up to the lower bowl. And then if you're trying to go to the upper deck, you're like basically like in a high rise. You're you're way at the top. And the only strange thing is that it's really hard to see from the seating bowl. Last time I had gone, we sat behind the net and you could only see like the top third of the net because of the way the seats are. I guess it's just because it's an old arena. It doesn't, you know, they don't have the transitioning quite as well as American Airlines Center is set up. And then even this time we tried to sit on the side thinking that it would be a little bit better, but we couldn't see anything beyond the, the face-off circle. Like in the corner right in front of us, we couldn't see it. I don't, I don't know what that. I don't know why that is, but we got to enjoy the first period because the first period was scoreless. The stars outshot them in the first period, and they had some pretty good chances right there in front of us. But then the second period started, and Sagan got his goal, and we celebrated that. But then after that goal, man, they did nothing the rest of the game. It just fell completely flat after that. And then that Bishop goal, the first one. That was pretty tough. That that was not a good goal to let in. And it was interesting because like people were just going nuts around us. And, you know, when we were in Brooklyn, we were the only people on our section. So whenever the Islanders scored, we didn't have to 
deal with their celebrations. But we were surrounded by Rangers fans going nuts for that first goal. And then it was surprising to see Hudobin come in because although that goal that Bishop allowed was pretty bad, you wouldn't think that that would have been enough to take him out. And then Hudobin came in and he allowed that. It was a pretty good snipe right there, like a couple minutes into this third period. And then that was it. The Stars did nothing in the third period. They had five shots the rest of the period. They had 17 shots in the entire game. And it goes back to what I've said in previous episodes. They've got to figure out this whole back-to-back thing. They really emptied it out for us on Sunday, which we are certainly thankful for. Six goals. But you knew after they scored six and they got that win, it was going to be pretty difficult to see any type of offensive output on Monday. Could you tell in person that Bishop got hurt or was it pretty innocent looking? I, at the time, didn't know exactly what play it was, but I saw it was probably Sean Shapiro that posted the gif of the play. And I remembered it instantly because my thought at that moment was, why did he not get across the crease? Because that that guy, if he was able to get a stick on it, whoever that was for the Rangers, he had a wide open net for a backhand goal off the rebound. And I remember sitting there thinking, why didn't he get across for that? Like the net was just gaping. And then when you watch the replay, you can tell that he, he was struggling at that point. Yeah. I guess the question then for you is, uh, you know, you talk about the back-to-back struggles and how they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't exist. You have a new appreciation every time you go on a road trip with how exactly you wanted to take a nap before we recorded this damn podcast, and I had to talk you out of it. So you're tired just watching them play two games in a row. I'm so tired. Every day that we were gone, we did not get anything more than five or six hours of sleep. And for someone like me that needs their beauty sleep, you know, it's 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 it takes a pretty tough toll on you, especially when you're waking up to go see the Today Show and taking selfies with Hoda Kotb and the rest of the Today Show crew. It's it's pretty challenging out there on the road. That's what I was gonna say. What I know by following you on social media and and you know being your friend that you did you know some other stuff off the ice, including uh, you visited where the parade goes by for TV, right? Like on the route, you visited the the place where they all stop and perform, right? Yeah, it was completely unexpected. We were trying to go see that spot, and we got to the first side of the Macy's building, and we thought it was it. Like We were taking pictures of that entrance, thinking that was the main entrance, because they had a lot of TV trucks set up, and then they also had the window displays for Christmas. But we were like, we're not entirely sure if this is the main entrance where the performers stop and do dancing, and the band walks by on that main carpet with the macy's thanksgiving thanksgiving day parade star but then we were like let's walk around i'm sure there's other entrances to this building and we round the corner and lo and behold there it is we see the massive green carpet with the star in the middle that says macy's thanksgiving day parade tom the turkey is blown up on top of the entrance to macy's and you see the sign that says macy's thanksgiving day parade and we were shocked because they just allow you to go up. There were cops standing there watching us, and they just allowed us to walk out into the middle of the busy street and take a picture standing there on the star. It was awesome and completely unexpected because you would think that that kind of thing wouldn't be like cars were driving over it. You would think that they wouldn't put that out until the street is closed. Yeah. It's kind of like the, you know, when I lived in Boston, it's kind of like the finish line to the marathon. Like anytime you go down Boylston by the library where the, the, finish line is 
it's kind of just there. Like it, you know, like I, I can't quite remember if it's all year round or if they just kind of paint it and then let it, you know, go away or whatever the case is. But it's kind of a similar thing. Like, and especially it's especially weird in Boston because it, it just like exists there and it's such a crazy thing, you know, during the time of the marathon. But then like afterward, people just, oh, like they go out and take a picture or whatever, dodge traffic like you did. But yeah, it, it's a little strange when like landmarks like that just kind of exist like like you would think that like you said it would be a little bit more I don't know protected or or something this close but apparently not and everybody's just walking by like they they don't even care that it's yeah. there even though it's one of the most iconic american symbols and that's why doing stuff like that is so cool because it's surreal to be looking at something that you see inside your tv screen and never expect to see it in person kind of like going to see Casey Neistat's studio. I don't know if you know or anybody else that listens knows who Casey Neistat is, but he's one of my favorite YouTube vloggers. I guess that's what the cool kids today call it. And he's got this studio over on Broadway in like downtown Manhattan, I guess you would call it. And it's called 368 where he does like all these creator. He's trying to bring creators together and He's building this studio where people can come do podcasts. Maybe we'll record. I was going to say, should hit him up. And he's doing. He's got. I mean, it's more than just podcasting. He's got all kinds of video, filmmaking stuff, and then his actual office is above that, and you can see right into it. So his YouTube channel is all about his life and his daily existence, and his studio in that three six eight and that street in general is the scene of that YouTube channel, and to see that kind of stuff in person. You know, you don't get that kind of opportunity here in Dallas to see iconic places that you only see on TV and in the movies. And when you're in New York City, every corner you turn on, there's some kind of famous landmark. Yeah. It's such a cool place to Did be. Did you hear Sagan on the ticket? I guess it was last week. It may have been when you were gone. I can't remember. But they were, I don't remember exactly what the context was, but they were trying to get him to to say the JFK is at like they were talking about Dallas landmarks or like important things that happened and they were like trying to lead him to to say uh, like talk about the JFK assassination and they were just giving him all sorts of hell because it's bad radio is you know the show that he's on every week because he had no idea like he he like you could have given him a million years I don't think he ever would have come up with that as like the like it, it literally at one point somebody said it was like the you know, the, the book depository or whatever. And he's like, Oh, I don't read. <laughs> like it was, it was so funny, but it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, to your point, Dallas doesn't have, I mean, the pro is super cool. Um, obviously Dealey Plaza for people that, you know, know about that. And, and I don't fault him completely. I mean, he's a, he's a young Canadian hockey player that that's kind of always done his whole life. So I'm sure he knows about the JFK assassination, but just automatically didn't put two and two together. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, the stockyards, I guess, which we had that conversation about the stereotypical representation of of Dallas Fort Worth on sporting events. Maybe that's how that came about on that on uh, Bad Radio. I can't remember, but it was funny because you could just tell he, he like he had no clue. He had no clue, and he didn't care. Like he wasn't embarrassed or anything. But the whole like the I don't read part was the funniest part. I don't read. You know what I did last night that you would be really surprised about? Read? I don't know. <laughs> No, I had two hot dogs from a local corner corner of the street hot dog vendor in New York City. 
that both surprises me and doesn't surprise me because your aversion, the reason why you say that is because you have an aversion to the unusual and the dirty. And that's kind of both, I guess. So that surprises me, but it also doesn't surprise me because you've been known to eat a hot dog or two in your life. You've been known to enjoy a dollar hot dog night in your time. So uh, knowing you as a hot dog man, it, it doesn't surprise me in that regard. So maybe it's a push. I don't know. Yeah, but it's not the fact that it's a hot dog. I love hot dogs. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that I ate it off of a little vendor on the street corner in New York City that's just probably been sitting out there all day with roaches crawling on it and all kinds of other crap. But I enjoyed it. I I think I had one back in June when I was in New York City. But this time, last night after the game, I hadn't had dinner. because I, I When I go to these road games, like I said, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous because one... I want to win so badly. Two, I'm afraid of the people around me. Like I'm afraid of somebody getting mad at us or throwing something at us. So I'm too nervous during road games to eat. And then I left the game and it's 9.30. And I'm like, wait a second, I haven't had dinner. And we're walking around these streets and I'm like, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, no. And we walked into this pizza place that was like the size of like, it was like three feet wide. And it just oh, those are the rep- best, though. It just it looked repulsive. So we got to Rockefeller Center because the Saks Fifth Avenue light show was supposed to be debuting last night, and we're watching the light show. And I see these hot dog vendors, and I'm like, you know what? Let's give it a try. And I did it, and it was. I'm here to tell the story. I'm alive today. You survived. I'm doing better you than it. you are. I'm 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 healthier than you are right now. Even though I've had I have two New York City vendor hot dogs inside my stomach right now. They're really probably not that bad, honestly. I mean, all restaurants, we'd probably be shocked and disgusted to know what goes on in a lot of them. So in the grand scheme of things, probably not that big a deal, I'd say. I can't believe it's already over, though. We've been talking about this trip. I've been looking forward to it for weeks and months, and now here it is. It's over. But we have two points to celebrate from it. And then I look forward now to what's probably going to be my next road trip, which is Raleigh in February, going to see Raleighwood. And the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday, I think it's February 16th. That'll be Is a, there a reason you're going, or are you just going for the Stars game? It's the Stars game. Uh, they Carolina actually has back-to-back home games that weekend. On Friday, they have a home game, and then they play the Stars on Saturday, which could be favorable for this because maybe the Hurricanes won't be ready for the Stars on Saturday. But for some reason, Raleigh is one of those places that stood out to me as a place to go. And when you look at the schedule... My dad and I are planning this one, so we're trying to find Saturday games. And the options for Saturday games aren't really that intriguing, but Raleigh is one of those places that I've been wanting to go to, in addition to San Jose and Columbus. For some reason, I'm drawn to those three places, and especially this season, because Raleigh, I think the Hurricanes are actually doing better than expected this season. And they've got oh, yeah. that new... They've been they've having that, lots of fun out there in, uh, yeah, they, out there in the Carolinas. Yeah, Raleighwood. Raleighwood's a great place. The the fans and the players are having fun right now. They've got that new post-victory celebration where they do some kind of crazy tribal ritual with the fans. I don't even know how to describe it. They they sit there and... Are you conflicted at all? Or would you take the Stars win over seeing some weird celebration? The ideal setup is that they win. I'm, I, actually, the plan is to go on Friday and go to the game on Friday. I think they're playing... I want to say like the Oilers or something. The idea is that Raleigh or Carolina. They're playing 
Hold on. They're playing hashtag Hitches Oilers. Oh, that's right. I found out How that. weird is that, dude? We haven't even mentioned that yet. Yeah, I thought that guy, man, when is that guy going to retire? He's the Brett Favre of hockey coaches. I saw that on Twitter today. It's true. The whole plan for him was that he was going to come to Dallas, and whenever he decides that he wants to retire from coaching, the Stars were going to move into move him into an advisor role, and then he would yeah. ride off into the sunset. And now here he is. It seems like what probably happened, now looking back and how quick he took another job, and I saw some speculation about this on Twitter today too, what probably happened is that it was kind of a, how about you retire so we can go a different direction after this obviously didn't work out the way we hoped. And we'll just kind of speed this process up. But you're free to do what you want. You know, you'll be in your advisory role. But yeah, it, it sounds like maybe it was a little more mutual or a little bit more from the stars than just Hitch saying he was done. Because obviously he still has a desire to coach. So who knows? But we get they get him soon. Like the 27th, I think, on the road and December 3rd at home or something like that. Something like that. There's two games coming up, I think. So we're going to get some shots at some shots at hit pretty soon here. It was definitely a less than ideal situation. <laughs> I don't think anybody expected Hitch's return to go as poorly as it did. But maybe I'll get to see him walking around outside, I think it's PNC Arena in Rollywood when I'm there in February. But the as I was saying, the plan is that the Carolina Hurricanes will win on Friday and then the Stars will come in on Saturday and win 7 nothing. There you go. That sounds like a plan. And the plan for now, I guess, uh, with our time pretty much up, is uh, for me to to get off this damn podcast and try to get my life in order before Thanksgiving uh, so I can eat until I uh, am sick, like every good American does, (laughs) and watch some football and all that good stuff. Um, We will be back Sunday, I I think, for another episode. We shouldn't have any more conflicts in the foreseeable future uh, other than potentially Apple Podcasts delaying some stuff. But like I said, they should go up on you know, all of our other platforms um, like they normally do. So even if it's a little slow on Apple, hopefully you guys can find it somewhere else. But uh, Billy, for this episode, thanks for sharing your story. Glad you had a good trip. Glad you came home with two points and an exciting 6-2 victory. It's a rarity for you out there on the road, out there in uh, the empty wastes of the rest of the NHL, but you did it. So uh, I guess with with that said and done, we will sign off for today. Uh, You guys have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, enjoy your holiday, enjoy your families, enjoy your food, um, share with them this, <laughs> this podcast that you love so much if you feel so inclined, uh, and we will talk to you guys again on Sunday, uh, probably still with the turkey hangover, we'll see, but uh, we'll be back on our regular schedule, we'll be back with some awards, um, we will talk to you guys then for another Sunday edition of the 30 Minute Misconduct Podcast. You guys have a good holiday.